Today is Wednesday, January 12th, uh, the year of 2022, um, episode 43. It's our Thanasis Antonincupo episode. Al, how you doing, man? Wonderful, man. How about yourself? Can't complain. It's always lovely to be back on another show with my good pal here. Um, but big, big, big Bay Area sports weekend this weekend. Huge. Um, huge. A lot of shit went down. Um fucking everything from our nine dogs to the warriors so might as well jump right in and uh and get into the recent shit so i guess where we'll start is last night tuesday the warriors played uh kind of a back and forth game with the memphis grizzlies ended up losing 116 to 108 and it is the second game back for clay thompson um so tough loss on this one but i guess more of just like a broader general spectrum what are your thoughts on clay being back um yeah it's been great it's it's at the point now where you're like hoping the minutes restriction is going to open up a little bit i think tonight was a good example of that of clay's impact on the floor both from an energy perspective but also just offensively and defensively um up until towards the end of the game he was about a plus 20 plus 22 but he finished at a plus 17 um yeah, he's looking good out there. I think obviously the conditioning will come. Um, it is taking a little bit to readjust to like having him on the court again and just like like accepting how he plays again. But overall, man, it's exciting. Um, I expect his minutes to open up a little bit more and increase over the next couple of weeks. Um, doesn't seem like, not that I expected it to, but his shot hasn't really missed a step. Um, he's getting to the hoop a lot more than I thought. Um, that's probably the biggest surprising thing. Um, and his defense is as good as it's been. Um, you know, he's locking up both big and small guys on the court. Um, yeah, it's, it's Sunday night was, was, was amazing to see him back on the floor. Clay day for those that don't know. And every time I see the word clay day, it's hashtagged everywhere on the internet. I always hear it in like the six, nine voice. Treyway, so I'm always fucking clay day. <laughs> every every time I read it or hear it, I, I think of uh, oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, that that snitch is in my brain, uh, playing games with me. But yeah, it is great to see Clay back. Um, he went five for thirteen tonight. Finished with fourteen points. Like you said, he was a plus seventeen. He did look really good on the defensive end. Um, I think the foot speed is going to come back. He's going to get his legs. <clears throat> excuse me. He's going to get his legs back. Um, but just kind of like to add to the point that you just mentioned him like changing shots and still like disrupting passing lanes and shit that hasn't changed, which is beautiful to see. He's still doing just as much now as he was back in 2019 on that side. Um, 
And I don't know about you, but that dunk in uh, the Cleveland <laughs> game, I think it surprised the entire Warrior um, organization. I don't think anybody was expecting that. Yeah, I feel like when you come off these big, like, and I've never done this before, but I just feel like you just have to get that first, like, test out of the way for your body. And it was cool that his first bucket yeah. was a drive to the hoop. Even that, everybody probably held their breath when he got in the air. Totally. Um, because he did fall kind of awkwardly, even with that dunk. And we all know Clay's not known to get to the hoop. I know you've historically had some uh, shit talk towards Clay being a layup oh, boy. Man. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Don't open back up to the archives. <laughs> me, me and Clay buried the hatchet. I want no smoke. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think once you get that under you, um, get a couple shots that you're not used to hitting, you kind of realize it's it's just natural. And you kind of mentioned that uh, Sunday night in the postgame presser, just like after the after he got stuffed back in for the first time, that's when it kind of felt like a normal basketball game to him. And it's just a matter of his legs picking up. A lot of his shots that he's used to hitting, his little like fadeaways and like stopping pulls from like 10, 15 feet. Um, his legs aren't really there. That's why he's missing a lot of them short. But for the ones that he's done, he, he is like, you know, in full rhythm, it's the same shots we're used to. Um, yeah. I don't know about you, but seeing him pull up in transition on the wing or like his uh, pump fake sidestep pull man. from 20, like nothing, nothing is more uh, like of a homey feeling. It just, yeah. it felt, it felt right. It felt warm <laughs> to yeah. see him hit that shot and that move. Um, and yeah, I know, I know the rest is going to fall into place, but it's so nice to be able to see him get out there, see how much joy the game is giving him, see how much he appreciates like every single part of it. Um, and the head brand is cracking me up. He's going it's full Jackie Moon. Such a look. I will say too, like, again, this is two games in and there can be a little bit of a, a big overreaction here, but like, he's got this like different element of like dog in him that I don't yes. think you've ever really seen. Um, I agree. Rightfully so. I mean, he's got a humongous chip on his shoulder after, missing the game for two years coming out as not on the top 75 list, but like it kind of goes with his look. I feel like with his like scruffy beard and his long, <laughs> like his long hair, I, he has this like dog to him, which I, I like this new version of clay. Um, but yeah, you mentioned it. Like there's not a better feeling than like seeing him sort of drift to the corner on a fast break. It's just oh like God. that old school, like open clay shot. And he had a funny moment last night where, um, Steph was hot and he was kind of feeling himself, but Clay was coming down the sideline and <laughs> Steph pulled up from like his standard, like 27 foot three on the fast break and he missed it. And Clay goes bananas for not getting the ball. Oh yeah. I saw that. I think everybody saw that one. Yeah. That was hilarious too. It was such a funny, like Clay moment. Like he's, he's already back at it where he wants the ball. He wants his shots. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, shooter. It's, yeah, it's, it's fucking great. I love it. First game back, though, against Cleveland, 17 points, 20 minutes. I think the, the real big thing that everyone's talking about is 18 shots in 20 minutes, which is incredible. Clay's going to get his, his shots, his buckets. And, like, to your point earlier about that kind of extra chip on his shoulder with something to prove, you could tell, especially in game one, he really wanted to get out there and show people, like, he hasn't lost a step. He can still get buckets. And for all of us, and it's defense. our first time. And, and defend, true. He hangs like his hat on that side, getting too. getting on big guys. He's playing JJJ tonight pretty well. Um, he was. But, yeah, no, he's he's proven his shit. And it's funny because it's all of our first time seeing him play since, what was the ridiculous number, 942 days or something? Something but like that. In the back of my mind, it's like, oh, wait, he's really been, like, killing these dudes at practice in mm – -hmm. In scrimmages, he's scoring 12 points in 40 seconds or whatever Juan Toscano Anderson was saying. So I think he's exceeding our expectations because he's much more there than everybody was expecting. Like him yeah. holding out this long was a lot more precautionary than anything else. Um, Definitely. So once he gets his legs back and they can ramp up the minutes, it's going to be scary for the rest of the league. Yeah, I'm a... It feels right. And Lakeup had that famous quote of like Chase Center is finally complete from a construction perspective now that Clay is on the floor. Um, <laughs> as corny as it was, I actually liked that. And it, it it's very fitting. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a hell of a quote. It, it yep. can be a little cliche but, or, or corny, but it's a hell of a quote. I'm all for it. So what do you say to the people that are uh, – I don't know if mocking is the right word, but downplaying and clowning on Clay Day on, uh, on the internet. There's a lot of people on Twitter – whether they're being trolls or just like 
normal funny people being like uh they're treating this man like he just came home from war uh all he did was was come back from an injury this is ridiculous like there's a lot of people that are uh i mean i think most of it is just trying to be funny because everyone does love clay when it, when you really boil down to it but i thought it was uh, a funny troll to all the warriors fans that were being super emotional on the timeline yeah no <laughs> a hilarious troll um there is this this pocket in the NBA that just despises everything about the Warriors. Um, I guess you can say rightfully so. You know, if you're a LeBron fan, you hated the Warriors. If you're, you know, a fan from LA, you hate the Warriors. And they just don't want to see the Warriors fans happy and even happier when they're already like, you know, dominating the league for some reason. So um, it's expected. I think it's more trolling than people actually being upset that Clay's back. Yeah. Um, so I think you're right. Yeah. The only thing that that was kind of not ridiculous, but I thought was a little bit silly. Obviously, I enjoyed the whole Clay Day thing. I love all the tributes. I love him coming back. But Draymond Green, like starting the game just so that he could start it with Clay and then immediately <laughs> fouling and leaving, I thought that was silly. I, I mean, I get the whole sentiment behind it, but I think that was kind of like taking it a little bit too far. Like, all right, Dre, like you're going to play with him when you get better. Like just because it's his first game back doesn't mean you need to be on the wood. A little performative for sure. Um, and yeah, I didn't think much of it. I thought it was, I thought maybe you just like suit up and, and like maybe just be there for him. But yeah, to actually like play, like seemed play a little much. Off, yeah. It's, but it's a special night. There's obviously like a documentary probably being built around this team. And so I'm sure, sure. there's like another media based reasoning for, <laughs> for not only Draymond to be there, but just for everybody else to see that on the first game back. So that's a good point. Definitely performative, I would say. Yeah. It just gives another, like, it gives uh, everybody another reason to, to troll and talk shit. But yeah, it is what it is. Another interesting thing that I, that was kind of like brought to my attention during that game against the Cavs is uh, Kevin Love is the only Cav left from those uh, Cavs teams that we kind of had those battles with for four years straight uh, from 2015 to 2018. Um, it's insane that he's still on that team. Um, it's insane until, that he's still on that team. It's insane that literally no one else is left. Yeah. And up until that night when they played, he's been actually playing surprisingly pretty well the last couple of weeks. Very well. Um, I was tweeting about him the other night. Yeah, and the, to have Kevin Love still on there, it seems like that was like 15 years ago, those run, those runs against the Cavs. LeBron uh, does. Yeah, and then you just like add his like salt and pepper hair. It's just like, dude, what year is it for him? <laughs> right. I mean, it feels like just yesterday, LeBron bailed, Kevin Love was miserable, and he was pretty much like sitting out games and asking I mean, last season to, he was throwing the ball out of bounds at that's what i'm saying yeah it's crazy and then i i tweeted the other night like this is crazy how full circle kevin love has come from being an integral part to a championship to pretty much unplayable to now being like a very fitting six-man vet role player and i went to go look up his numbers and i'm like damn if you didn't kind of like live all of the drama and watch him do this shit it doesn't look like he dropped off as much as he did because if you look at K-Love's, uh, like, numbers from those years, um, pull it up right now. This was surprising. So the championship teams were 2015, 2016, 2017, and 2018, right? He did come back in 2019, played 56 games, 17 points a game. 2020, he played 25 games, which was the COVID-shortened season, 24 uh, minutes a game, 12 points a game. To be honest with you, I thought it was a lot less games played and a lot less minutes played. But, um, I mean, when you have nobody on your team, I guess those empty stats come kind of easy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he they gave him sort of that, like, please stay bag. And I think he tried to give him a shot. And then he tried to thug it out. He tried to be like the vet and, like, take, like, sex, sex and under his wing and stuff like that. They just had terrible coaches with, like, uh, John Beeline coming in and I forgot about Beeline making his comments and like just a shit storm of, of things. And hey, what did you call them? Slugs? I said slugs, yeah. not a you bunch guys are of playing slugs. like a bunch of slugs. <laughs> Canada next week. And then like the Kevin Porter Jr. drama. So like 
Yeah. Up until this year, the Cavs have been a shit show. Um, and I think obviously winning so- solves all problems. And right. the fact that they've got some like additional vets on the team with like Rubio coming in. Um, he bet, he's gone. Played together back in the early T Wolves days. Um, you know, working with like a great young player in Mobley, Garland's picking it up. I think it also helps that I hate to say it, but Sexton's not playing. I think the chemistry is like a thousand times better as a team. Yeah, he's um, not kind of like hindering the ball movement and everything. <laughs> yeah, talking shit to everybody. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's just like a happy. I think it's a happy locker room. Like you said, they're they're your league pass team of the year right now. So like. Yep. Of course, you want to be a part of that. So, of course, he's going to, you know, have more pep in his step and play well. And, I mean, he's always going to be a solid shooter. So, that's for sure. And big shout out to the to the uh, frequent frequent guest and just overall the boy, Joey Curtin. I think in our pre-draft show, he called that. Did he have Evan Mobley as his number one ranked prospect? Might have been number two. I forget. But he had him high up there. He was like his superstar guy. Yeah. And, I mean. Looking good. He's looking very good, and he's fun to watch, too. It's, it's crazy to me how frail he is, um, but he's so fucking long. His ability to block shots and finish and everything, he's just so much fun to watch. So any Cavs game you can check, it's a delight. Yeah. I will say you mentioned – I mean, you don't think you mentioned it, but Kevin Looney, Kevon Looney on against the Cavs. I was looking at the Cavs box score. Um, 18 rebounds. 18 boards, but, like – he played so well on the likes of Jared Allen, um, Evan Mobley. And even tonight, you know, when he was on the floor, he was playing pretty well against uh, Triple J and, and, and Brandon Clark. Um, he had those 18 rebounds. I, I got to ask you, where does Looney rank as like <laughs> an all-time great defender slash rebounder? in the world of like non-athletic players because that motherfucker is like one of the best defensive players i've ever seen to not know how to move and have such a slow like lateral movement and he knows how to like use his body like the best i've ever seen get contact he doesn't get called for fouls where he looks like he's mauling someone it's just Mm -hmm. it (laughs) it's weird because it's insane like (laughs) you you can't slide a business card under his feet when he jumps like he he has he really doesn't have any bounce it's almost like he has a magnet in his hips and they're attached to like, like his, uh, his, def- his, uh, the person he's defending and it keeps him to the ground. You know what I mean? It's weird. Yeah. Like the way he's able to get in front of people and stop them. It, it is really uncanny for how unathletic and <laughs> physically broken he is. It's crazy. <laughs> and obviously his, his arms, he's got like a ridiculous wingspan, but like, he had a play the other, last night against the Grizzlies where he got the rebound, tried to make an outlet pass, turned the ball over, and essentially had to defend a two-on-one of, like, Brandon Clark and, um, I don't know, like, Desmond Bain, whoever it was, mm-hmm. and disrupted both of their shots with just, like, one step. So weird. <laughs> like, it doesn't make any jumping. sense. <laughs> and the he math. mauls them as they come against. Like, they go into his body, and he just knows how to perfectly time, like – Obviously, Draymond's really good at being able to, like, contest a shot by jumping. But, like, Looney can contest a shot in the air with getting an inch and a half off the ground. It's yeah, it's bananas. It's, it's timing, it's instincts, and it's IQ. I'm which, in awe every time he's doing it. Because, like, he should be yeah. fouling every time for how tired he looks. <laughs> and he never no gets one looks, for it. No one looks more gassed than uh, Jermaine Looney. He's, he's the most it. gassed player on the floor at all times. But, I fucking love it. <laughs> playing his ass off for us to shout out to Loon, uh, yeah. Drew League legend. Um, uh, but to get into a little bit of last night's game, the Grizzlies, a couple things stood out to me. Obviously, uh, John Morant, incredible, probably the best young guard in the league right now, debatable, I guess. Um, but he's back to back Western Conference player of the week. He's killing it. He had that ridiculous block that went viral against, was that against the Lakers? I was against the Lakers, yeah. It was against the Lakers that he went up and two-hand took it off the glass like he was in NBA Street. I don't know what the vertical was that he got off the ground, but it, it didn't look real. It looked like somebody Photoshopped it. Um, and he's just killing it. And uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Shot. Yeah, Jaron Jackson Jr. had a good game against us. The one I was really surprised about, I guess there was two actually, was um, was Tyus Jones who went five, five for five from three, 
plus 20 for 17 points. He really did not miss all game. Really super effective. Ended up with six rebounds and 18 assists as well. And then the rookie out of Stanford, Zaire Williams. I didn't see that one coming. Dude, that was I've never really seen him play. Um, not even at Stanford, really. Um, yeah, I don't think he got a lot. I think he was kind of yo-yoed in and out of the lineup at Stanford. But yeah, but he was solid, dude. Fuck. Really good, especially with your baby boy out of the starting lineup, um, yeah. Dylan Brooks. I'm assuming he'll be back soon. But Zaire just kind of slid in there. And I mean, he went six for 12 from the field, 17 points, caught, I think, four alley-oops from Jaw, which was just getting rude and annoying by the end of the game, in my opinion. <laughs> and, like, he was tasked to guard Steph. And while he was getting cooked half the time, like, he still held his own. And I think, yeah. like, I really like this lineup that they came out with. Um, I'm huge on Desmond Bain. Um, he's such a football player. He's such a football player. But he's fucking nasty from three. And we got lucky he didn't shoot too well tonight. We got um, real lucky. But, like, that lineup of, like, him and Morant in the backcourt, they have, like, their bulky, you know, defensive two guard and, and Bain. Um, Zaire kind of playing that long that long wing. And then slow-mo and triple J in the inside. Like, that's a great small ball lineup where everybody, what, Anderson's the oldest guy. Maybe Bain is the oldest guy because he played four years in college. No, it's um, Kyle for sure. Kyle Anderson, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, like, I've always been big on Clark. Xavier Tillman didn't play too well tonight, but he's he's there. Um, we'll see what happens with Brooks when he gets back. I think this lineup is going to potentially be their future lineup. Um, but, yeah, Zaire Williams fucking caught me off guard. I Funky-looking jump shot. Um, yeah. But that shit goes in, man. He three or seven, so he's putting him up a lot. And I think they traded up in the draft to get him. So it was like a guy that they wanted. They went after him. Seems to be – I mean, this is just one game. I don't think he's having – he's not really playing that well on the season, which is surprising compared to how comfortable he looked in the starting lineup tonight. But, yeah, he's averaging like five points a game, one and a half rebounds, playing about 18 minutes a game. So this was kind of like the exception to how he's been playing. But, I mean, he looked good against the best team in the league, and that's what you want to see out of a rook. Um, yeah, the Grizzlies traded up to draft him at 10 with the Pelicans. You know what they gave up? Um, Pelicans fucking stink at drafting, so I'm sure they didn't get anything good back. No, they didn't get shit out of it, I don't think. Let's see. Yeah. Can't imagine they got anything more. Let's see. Doesn't surprise me. I think Nikhil's the last besides Zion, but that's a gimme. Yeah, they know they got – they ended up getting uh, Trey Murphy in that pick, but mm. yeah, no, nah, they didn't. Nothing worth talking about, I'll say that. But yeah, but they they played us fucking really good. It was a, a super fun game to watch. Really back and forth. Felt like a playoff game almost with the, the vibe and how much we were trading leads. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I mean, I think it was we were up like four with was it five or six minutes left, and then they kind of went on a run uh, once we put Clay in and. Yeah, couldn't really stop him. With Tyus kind of put us out. Yep, just bananas to say. I feel like it's Duke Wisconsin days again. But <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm very surprised at how well he played, but more power to him. Um, but I think turnovers were a big, big problem for us as usual. We had 17, um, and the Grizzlies capitalized off that with 26 points off of those 17 turnovers. Um, yeah, I think not the- what you want. I think the initial like lineup and delay of getting like Gary Payton in the game. Um that was a mistake. Just got us off to a bad start. Like I was I don't get JTA in that starting spot over um over Gary? Draymond. Um like I think ideally you'd want to see Otto, but he also plays really well at the second unit and I think kind of meshes with that. But like you saw tonight, like JTA only played seven minutes. He just did not have a good game turned the ball over three times, like just was not there, um, which hurt us early on because like we see it all the time. Like we just can go down really quickly by way of just like, you know, getting double digit turnovers within the first quarter of the first half. Um, and then you're just kind of playing catch up and rushing the whole time. Um, but once we got GP two in the game on jaw, which did fucking wonders because jaw had 17 and then was quiet for the next, you know, quarter and a half. Um, yeah. 
But yeah, I, we'll see if JTA stays in this starting lineup. I think he will, but I just don't, I don't like the fit um, in trying to, you know, plug him in as Draymond. I think he gets that and gets a little loose with the ball. Um, yeah, that was one I'll, thing I noticed out the gate. I'd prefer them in the absence of Draymond to start Gary, to be honest. Start Gary, put put him on your put him on the best uh offensive player on the other team, and then work in the other guys. If you got spot minutes for JTA, go ahead and put him in when you sub out Gary. But I like Gary starting, and then you just move Wiggins to the to the four next to Loon. He's a good enough defender. And yeah, Gary's like a Gary's like a fucking rover. Like he doesn't have like a minute limit. It's just like you play him when you need to put him in the game. Like you don't mm-hmm. need to worry about minutes like you are with Jordan and, and Clay a little bit right now. Um, and I feel like Poole got kind of like tugged around with with getting Damian Lee in the game towards the end down the stretch. Um, I didn't like that. I didn't like it either. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> like a one bit. Yeah. Um, but Poole but- was he was he was struggling to find his shot. He was getting to the hoop, which was nice, but he's mm-hmm. we're looking at we're looking at him to shoot and he was not hitting his shots. Yeah. Um, but yeah, tough game for him. Worse when you throw in Damian Lee over him. <laughs> yeah, I think he's trying to keep Damian engaged, especially since he didn't log any minutes on Clay Day. Um, completely out of the rotation, and those like nine, ten, eleven, twelve guy on your rotation, you got to give them a little bit during the season so that when you need them, they're fresh and they're ready and they're motivated. So I do kind of get it. But yeah, he played nine minutes, five points. He did have a a, a, big a pretty important three, yeah, yeah. Um, late in the game. But would love to see those minutes get allocated somewhere else. <laughs> Him and Gary have also been, um, <clears throat> excuse me, their contract is guaranteed for the end of the season now. So hell yes, no more questions as far as how the roster is going to look. This should be pretty much it, unless Bob goes crazy at the deadline. But I think this is what we're going to be working with. Yeah, I don't expect him to make any moves. Um, just a matter of tweaking lot, tweaking lineups, tweaking adjustments or rotations, um, and letting guys get healthy. Um, you know, we need to keep Draymond healthy. We need to keep you know core healthy. I don't. I mean, it sucks that I don't know how serious um, Kuminga's injury was. I don't think it's anything wild, but I know he played last night or the night before. Um, and we'll get Wiseman back hopefully the next month and a half, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I'm excited to overreact to all the one-on-one training videos with Wiseman once they start hitting Twitter. Um, but he just had his high school jersey retirement the other night in Memphis, which kind of yeah. coincided well with the Warrior game that was against the Grizz Dogs. And it was cool. It seemed like all the most of the guys from the team were there, which was nice. They went out and supported him, the, the young boy. Um, and it just kind of shows you the relationship and the culture of the team we have this year, which is cool. Yeah. Um, last thing I wanted to note about the game <laughs> – I love how the Grizzlies fans boot no, every time, every time he touched <laughs> so the ball. He, actually, I thought it was whack at first. And when they continued to do it, they let it go through the whole game. Iguodala played 21 minutes, was 0 for 2 from the field, zero points, minus 12 PR. He played like absolute dog shit. And every single time he touched the ball, Memphis booed Boy. the shit out of him. And they Boy didn't let up hard. the entire game. And I mean, if you commit that much to the act, I got to tip my hat. Yeah, they. I liked it. I mean, I the, the teams like Memphis. They're this is their year where they're kind of making some noise around the league, and yep. this was a big night for them. And so they showed up, they showed out, and it's the first time they had fans in the crowd against the Warriors with Iguodala. So you better bet you bet your ass they're gonna get let them have it. Yeah, um, and this was their 10th win in a row, I think. And if people don't realize what the boos are and why they're coming for Iguodala, it happened when uh, KD left the dubs and we had to trade Iguodala to make cap space for D'Angelo Russell, traded him to Memphis, just flat out refused to play for them, did not did not even travel to Memphis. Nope. Uh, eventually, they, yeah, eventually they sent him over to Miami, happy camper. But ever since then, Miami's – or excuse me, Memphis has had a huge chip on their shoulder all the young guys on the Grizzlies have kind of had it out for Iguodala, and it was hilarious to see the city just really give it to him tonight. <laughs> Fuck Iggy Day in Memphis. <laughs> they were up under somebody else's skin the night before, uh, and I think you wanted to talk a little bit about the old man James. Is that right? Yes. Um, 
everybody's favorite player, LeBron James. He uh, is doing this thing this year where, and we talked about it before on the pod, where the Lakers and the Lakers media and clutch media just goes bananas every time they win a game against the Kings or the Thunder or so you know, weak. insert the next, you know, Houston. bottom of the barrel team. Yeah. <laughs> It's like LeBron's going off. LeBron's, you know, screaming that he's a motherfucking problem, bitch, to the Kings. To Sacramento. To Sacramento. uh, (laughs) To the Kings bench. But this is now the second time this season where he's getting a little upset in his feelings when teams that are actually good are beating them and talking shit. We saw it earlier this season when campaign was talking shit, when the Suns were beating them, and he was saying, you know, humble yourself, man. You were you were out of the league a couple years ago. Like, be good, blah, blah, blah. Um, the Grizzlies were giving it to them the other night. And Desmond Bain was talking shit. And, again, LeBron went back on his, you know, you don't know what he was saying, but they are getting out of it. And it was clear that he was telling them to stop talking shit. And it's just for someone ending his career and doing so in a way where he's putting up ridiculous stats for how old he is and where he's at in his career – just couldn't be me. Couldn't be my goat talking shit to the team. That's the Memphis Grizzlies beating them um, in game like 33 of the season. So right. With um, nothing on the line. <laughs> I'm sure they'll play another shitty team next week and bleach report and everybody will be like Kings back at it again. He should be the MVP. And then they'll play the, um, the Hornets and he's going to be talking shit to LaMelo. So um, man, it's so, it's so weird. I just, and I hate the whole back and forth Kobe, MJ, LeBron debate, but never in my right mind would I ever see MJ or Kobe react like that to a young Memphis team. I mean, you really... see that kind of shit from like old bruisers that like, right. you'll That's see like a like, PJ Tucker move. Yeah. Like Kendrick Perkins in his like last couple of years is like talking shit to like Steph to like stop talking, like, right. you know, like. You don't see this from you know the best player in the world telling no. young guys to like humble themselves that are so happy to come and be going up against him. Like it's just yeah, it's a young, hungry Memphis team. What do you think they're gonna do? These guys thrive off of dogs. energy they're and talking Grizzlies. shit. <laughs> right. They're yeah. So I don't know. It, it's it's so trash that LeBron keeps doing this stuff, but something else funny to laugh at on my timeline. I couldn't make out what his lips said, did you? You never can. He, he, I can never. He talks like an anime dude, like to try to read his lips. Like I just can't, it, it, his mouth moves way too fast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's the same shit. Like uh, they were, they got an and one. They were talking shit, and he kind of gave him a bump, told him to be cool. This is my league, or whatever the fuck it is. So um, you just hate to see it from the uh, what seventh place Lakers. You just hate to see it. Couldn't be my goat. Yeah, I hate to see it for sure. Um, but kind of wrap up the whole Warrior Hoops talk. We got uh, the rest of our road trip coming up this week. So we're going to Milwaukee on Thursday, and then we have a back-to-back. We play Chicago in Chicago on Friday night. Uh, Draymond is not traveling with the team, so we're going to be without him for the next three games. And Clay is only playing one of the, the one game of the back-to-back, so – I don't know if he's going to play in Chicago or in Milwaukee. I would imagine maybe he'll play in Chicago. Um, but we'll see. We got some their nationally televised games. Milwaukee is on TNT. Bulls game is going to be on ESPN. The Bulls are red hot. I think they're the first place team in the East. Milwaukee is the third place team. Uh, and then on Sunday, we go to Minnesota to play uh, Cat and <laughs> Sassy, uh, Cat. Sassy Cat and Ant-Man. They're no slouch either. The Minnesota T-Wolves have been playing pretty good basketball as of late. They're frisky. Um, yeah. Cat's been playing at a very high level. Um, they lost against the Pelicans on the game winner, but before that, they won fourth straight. So this could have been their fifth straight. So, like, they're frisky. Um, yep. They're about 500. And, yeah, Cat always pull up to see Ant-Man. Um and we'll see how sassy cat gets. I'm, I'm sure he'll be hooting and hollering like he normally does. Um, yeah, I'm just bummed Draymond's not going to be on the road trip, so he doesn't have a chance. Oh, I to forgot about their little like 
talk a little stuff to cat. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But you know, cat's all about flowers. So I don't think he's going to want to, you know, he don't, he doesn't want any smoke. He's positive. He's trying to spread positivity. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um, That'll do it for, for dub stuff. Do you have anything else? No. I mean, after that, we have a pretty nice homestand. What? One, two, six games, five, six, seven, seven at home. Some good teams. So if we can turn these of these three, if we can, if we can snag two, um, oh, that'd be huge if we could snag two. Um, gotta beat. I feel like shit. I don't even know. Just win two and we'll get out of here. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't care which one it is, which ones they are. If you can win two out of those three, I'm in great spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other Bay Area sports team, the only one that matters at least, had a huge game on Sunday. Our San Francisco 49ers um, had a huge game against my father's L.A. Rams. It was a parody rivalry week, and the Nine Dogs came out victorious, my dude. It was a great game to watch. I know you said you sat down and were able to see the whole game. Um, it had pretty big stakes. If uh, if the Niners won, automatic bid to the playoffs. If we lost and New Orleans won, we were out of the playoffs. Um, New Orleans ended up winning, but we did too. So we ended up winning 27 to four in overtime came back from down 14 points at the half, which was just incredible. Um, Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo playing with that, uh, was it a fracture and a tear in his thumb, his throwing thumb, which was kind of crazy. Um, but in all actuality, out of, out of the parts that you saw from the game, did you see anything? Anything that jumped out at you? I mean, Debo just being a fucking god, man. He <laughs> doing it all. Crazy. I loved his little uh, his touchdown pass where it looked like he was like jumping out of bounds to throw it. Dude, it was an NFL um, blitz play. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was the like hurdle jump, jump pass. Like <laughs> I don't know how those go on target, but dude, it was it pretty huge. much hit. It hit Jennings right on the numbers for the right most the part. Numbers. He kind of bobbled it a second, but. Beautiful play. Debo is just the man, dude. He does it all. Right yeah. when right when that happened, I saw somebody tweet out the Friday Night Lights, uh, and he can pass. <laughs> I started crying. He'll fill your Gatorade cooler up. <laughs> and he can pass. And he can pass. But he literally X. does everything. Debo is – Am I? if I'm being serious right now, I, I don't know if I can think of any just like forget wide receiver, just multi-tool offensive player that I would take over him. No, I mean, like it's the shit today. you see in, like, college and high school. Where it's yeah, like it's, it's so dominant. Every position. So, um, for, for Sunday's game against the Rams, he filled up pretty much every stat category. For passing, he was one for one for 25 yards and a touchdown. That's what we just talked about. He carried the ball eight times for 45 yards and a touchdown. Uh, had a 16-yard uh, long run. And then for receiving, four catches, 95 yards, a 43-yard bomb that really kept us alive. Um, probably should have had one or two more touchdowns if Jimmy didn't overthrow him or throw behind him. Uh, and he's just the ultimate difference maker, and I fucking love watching him play football. Yeah, he finished the year 1,400 uh, re- receiving yards, six mm-hmm. touchdowns receiving, eight rushing touchdowns. How many um, yards rushing? Let's see. Let me pull that up. But he had – 4.7 rushing yards after contact, which is the first among all players. He's the yak master. The yak master. Let me pull up his the sack. But yeah, I I can't remember a player who's just like dominated, like you said, like all aspects of the offense like that. Like it's crazy. An insane so yeah. style. Which I don't even remember him playing like that at South Carolina. Like I mean, I didn't watch a whole lot of Gamecocks, but no. uh, yeah, I don't remember seeing that on his highlight tape. He had 365 yards rushing this year, which is crazy for a receiver. Like you mentioned, eight rushing touchdowns, six receiving touchdowns. When's the last Niner receiver that got 1,400 yards receiving? Isn't Hasn't Kittle been our leading receiver for like the last, I want to say, two years or so? Definitely. Um, After Emmanuel Sanders? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Let me pull that up while we're talking. Um but I do think what also you notice with, with Debo, like we weren't he wasn't rushing to start the season. Like I feel like that got picked up once he started like getting some injuries and just kind of like improvising on offense to just find ways to get him the ball. 
Um, so you imagine a whole season of him rushing the ball, like close to a thousand. Guys got to be like more gas than Kev Looney during and after these games. The amount that they use him fucking is goes. fucking crazy, bro. You see him run out for a snap and he's just like huffing and puffing, slugging Gatorade because he knows he has to play for the next five snaps. And it's unbelievable how he can keep going like this. Yeah, But he deserves to be in the playoffs. I'm excited to see what he does. I'm hoping Jimmy will be – I mean – I would like to see him be better than he played against the Rams. He didn't play horrible. Um, the first the first half was a little bit rough. He did lead us to the to victory at the end, which was nice. But he finished the game twenty three for thirty two, three hundred sixteen yards, a touchdown, two picks, which weren't great. I think one of them wasn't necessarily all on him. Um, but forty six quarterback rating, yikes, not the best. But. A lot of people were calling for Kyle Shanahan's head in the first half for playing and starting your quarterback that has an injured thumb very clearly doesn't have what he should to play in a game that'll send you to the playoffs. And uh, I don't know how they did it, dude, but snuck it out at the end. Thank God we won the coin toss going into overtime. Yeah. Shout out to uh, to Fred Warner. Good luck, Charm. But, yeah, uh, that was the big uh... – talk going into the game was like based off Trey Lance's weekend before once he saw those reports that it was like probable that Jimmy might play I think everybody kind of just like collectively rolled their eyes and kind of just braced for impact right um and the game started off we were down what 17-0 to start the game yeah um just a roller coaster of a game with with watching Jimmy um and they does shit like that like the game the game time drive um in the fourth quarter no timeouts take the ball downfield what 80 something yards um, yeah i think it was 82 yards like, or something fucking impressive and so it's just like for this season you take the good with the bad um and it was all done without trent williams which yeah was i mean obviously our best uh, offensive lineman i was super surprised that he didn't play um but i'm hoping he'll be fine for our next game against the boys um let's talk but, about the boys yeah, man. The Cowboys. So we've got America's team up next week in the wild card round. Battle of the uh, jean shorts, fades, and <laughs> Jordan 13s. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a pretty good painting of, of every Cowboys fan. I, I, I never really fuck with the Cowboys. It's going to be in Dallas, which I'm sure it'll be a hostile crowd. And uh, it's their eighth time meeting in postseason history. Um, the one yeah, we all the, famously know is the catch back in what 1997, 98. Uh, oh no, the catch. You mean the talking about Dwight Clark? Yeah, yeah, sorry. But yeah, um, yeah, I they had that little quote today when they asked Shanahan or the other day about asking Shanahan, like, does this team even realize the the rivalry between the uh, <laughs> Cowboys and Niners? And he was just like. Nope, they don't. They have no idea. <laughs> yeah, these guys were born in the 90s and 2000s. He said they don't even understand my wedding crashers references to, at practice. So there's there's no chance they know about the rivalry. Um, but it's kind of a, a red-hot Cowboys team. I hate to say it, dude. They've they've only lost uh, – what are we at? They're 12-5 and five on the season. They've got losses to Tampa Bay, Denver, Kansas City, uh, the Raiders – and and the Cardinals lost a close one to the Cardinals. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't feel great, <laughs> obviously, with, with the way our team is with Jimmy. And uh, hopefully Trent Williams makes it back. But I don't know, man. Yeah, I feel like what they do have on their side is the fact that the Cowboys can just be the Cowboys. And <laughs> they just, you know, historically blow these kind of games. Um, you know, fantasy wise, their defense was the best in the league. Um, I don't know what their true stats are league wise from a defensive perspective. Um, I mean, I think like what's that? I'm going. No, I, I think this is a game like this is a team that you want. I feel like in the playoffs from a wild card perspective, like anytime you see the NFC East, you always feel like you kind of have to put a little bit of asterisk to their win loss column just because. You're playing the Giants twice. You're playing the, the Washington went, football team twice. Like, they went undefeated in their division. 
they play yeah, like, in the sorry ass NFC East. You cut that crazy. in half, like you, there's always there. There's a little bit like they're not that good. Um, no. So I no. think that the Niners can and should win this game if they play their game. Um, obviously, the run game needs to be established. Jimmy needs to, you know, pray they don't catch his over the middle little throws. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's gonna get too many turnovers. Um, but no, I, I'm confident that you know if the Niners play their game, Dallas is gonna be Dallas and find a way to ruin this. Um, Mike McCarthy is still their head coach, so that is true. Um, I like our chances anytime Mike McCarthy's lining up in the booth opposite. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. It would be beautiful if we can get the Niners back in the playoffs. Uh, to make a deep run, but uh, we'll see if how this one shakes that, out. If they win that, I believe they get the Packers. Um, oh, yeah. Let me look up the uh, playoff bracket right fast. Yeah, so we play – oh, no. If we win, we play the winner of Tampa-Philly. Oh, okay. So if Philly wins, then we'll get the pack because, like, the seating will be a little bit different, right? So if the so this is the way the NFC uh, is bracketed right now. Green Bay has the bye. Rams are playing the Cardinals. The winner of that plays Green Bay. Okay. And then the winner of us in Dallas will play Tampa Philly. Okay. Tom and I think Tampa is actually going without Richard Sherman. They just put him on the injured the injured reserve, but I think he's sticking around the team to do some some postseason coaching, which is interesting. Very Richard yeah. Sherman of him. Tampa Bay is kind of sputtering into the. Uh into the playoffs with their whole Antonio Brown saga. Yes. But we'll see. Can't ever doubt Brady. But, yeah, I mean, it would be a sick matchup to see the Niners versus Brady. Um, I think I'd much prefer to play Tampa than Green Bay, especially at this point. Especially, like, if we have to, if we can avoid going to, to Green Bay, that'd be nice. <laughs> yeah. Do not want to play in Lambeau in January. No. Um, but not. they play Saturday. The Niners at what one thirty? Um, uh, Sunday, right? Sunday. The sixteenth is that a yeah Sunday? Sunday at one thirty. We'll be glued to our TVs. Lock it in. Yep. So something interesting just came across my desk as we're recording. Um, <laughs> hockey season is here. <laughs> I don't oh, know how boy. else to. Uh, introduce this but uh <laughs> fresh off of a little hiatus over the uh, the, the holidays with the COVID outbreak <laughs> yes but uh hockey season is here and I believe it's a Florida Panthers game do I have that team right Florida Panthers it is but uh the one and only Kodak Black Kodak and you know that is attending this Florida Panthers game and there is video right now that's circulating the internet of I think it's a, a box suite. They're zooming in, and it looks like uh, allegedly a man that could be Kodak Black grinding on a, what looks like a respectable lady that is bent over in front of him in the box. A lot what of people are saying, "Sir, video." Yeah, it's a, it's a ridiculous visual. I don't know exactly what's going on. I don't know if I don't know if this is legal. <laughs> I don't know if. Uh, if this is something Kodak should be doing, but it does look like Kodak may be having sex in in the suites of a hockey game right now. In the middle of a game. And as you can probably imagine, people have no idea what's going on. There's like, if you look at the video, there's like a group of like young, uh, young kids, maybe teenagers. Maybe dancing. a youth hockey team. <laughs> youth hockey fans, like right below the suite dancing and right above is... One of the biggest scumbags in <laughs> in the industry, Kodak Black, um, clapping cheeks, <laughs> is doing the dirty in, in in broad daylight. God damn it, dude! <laughs> what well, this this guy just never ceases to like surprise us or make a headline. Kodak is fucking wild, but he's from Florida. He's a wild Florida boy. What's hilarious is the NHL tweets out earlier in the night. Oh, hey there, Kodak Black. It has like two pictures of him at the game. And then they delete the tweet. <laughs> so there's like this like timeline of like 
the tweet they deleted at Kodak Black, and then this tweet has been deleted. Oh, they don't they don't even want to acknowledge that he's at the game right now. This is horrible press. Of course not <laughs> for hockey. This is wild. Uh, Mr. Black, um, what are you doing with that respectable lady in the uh, <laughs> the box suite we just gave you? I ain't doing nothing. <laughs> fucking little ass kid voice. Oh, Kodak. We can't have a mouthful of gold teeth. <laughs> you gotta love it. Incredible. Wasn't expecting that to come across the timeline tonight. No, no. But but it's 2022. Nothing is um, surprising <laughs> anymore. Yes. Um, but that's about all I got this week, my dude. You got anything else uh, that you want discussed? Um, I just want to give you a congratulations because on this Thursday, the 13th, it'll be our one-year anniversary mm-hmm. of starting this podcast. Oh, which is wild to think about. So congrats to you, friend. Hey, congrats to you. storied career in this podcasting game. Um, Cue the video. I want to shake your hand. I want to shake shake your your hand. hand. (laughs) Congrats to you, my guy. That's that's fucking nuts. I think when we started this last year, it was just like a a boring thing during the pandemic. Um, How can we do what other people are doing all the time and make it our own? Um, Yep. And to do it, to still be doing it a year later, 43 episodes in, um, damn, it's crazy just looking back on that. I know. I don't want to get all misty and mushy, but it's been a fun ride. Yes, sir. We uh, appreciate all you listeners um, and uh, hope to keep on doing it. Um, appreciate all the love and support. Um, promise there's some stuff coming down the pipe, especially to commemorate this uh uh, one year anniversary um, so stay tuned hopefully we'll get some uh, fun interviews going some uh, maybe some more guests maybe some more Ooh. drafts I don't know we'll, uh, absolutely we'll put on put our heads together and start thinking of some fun stuff to do yeah gotta keep you guys guessing can't be uh, can't know what's up up our sleeves every week so. <laughs> can't just talk about the Warriors okay but what a fun time to do it <laughs> um, but yeah thank you everybody Appreciate all the support, the listens, the plays, the subscribes, the thumbs up. You guys are fucking awesome. Um, And yeah, until next time, shout out to you. See y'all next week. Peace.